Hey, I'm Jody, And I'm Anna. Welcome to Let's Be Real Podcast. Where we talk about why our stories matter and how Jesus is for us. We believe that God created us for a purpose, which gives meaning to everything that we go through. When we share our stories, we can bring hope and help to others. We hope you'll join us. Hey guys, this is Jody, and we're so excited that you're here today. We have two very special guests. We have Jason and Jessica Thomas joining us today. Yes, and I'm Anna, and we're so excited to have you guys. Thank you for being here. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Um, Jason Thomas, and here with my wife Jessica. See, we've we're originally from Pennsylvania, but uh, we've been in Texas for 15 years now. Um, consider ourselves. Honorary Texans, though probably not saying fixing two or uh, some of the local stuff. But uh, see, we're, we've been married for 18 years. I have mm-hmm. twin daughters and uh, love it here at Cross Point Church. And uh, happy to be here talking about life groups. Yeah. So in this season, we're talking a lot about life groups at Cross Point and just in general and how people can find freedom through coming together in groups. And I was just curious, Jess, how did you guys get connected to Cross Point? Well, when we came here in 2007, uh, we were looking at different churches, and Jason and I kind of had different criteria of what we were looking for. We wanted something that was a meaningful message with powerful worship and something that challenged us when we went home, Mm -hmm. but we also wanted groups that meant outside of the church, um, that we could accountability and friendships and serve together. And so we were looking for a church that met both of those criteria, and we found that here at Crosspoint, and that's where we ended up, and we ended up staying. Wow. And how long have y'all been part of life groups? Uh, So we joined here in January of 2008. And back then the life groups were on clipboards on pieces of paper that you signed your name. (laughs) And so back in 2008 is when we started our first life group and been a part of one since. And funny story with that, like, uh, you know, this this is kind of before the age of online signups and things. And we, the the board we signed up on had the address and the names of who hosted, what night it was. We just showed up and, and knocked on the door they weren't meeting that night, but they welcomed oh, us in, wow. and uh, we got to know uh, got to know the host that night just oh, by wow. hanging out for dinner. <laughs> That's pretty. I'm incredible. glad that turned out to be a good story. That sounds like my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> That's not typically how we do things in cosplay now. There will be somebody different now. I have an interesting story. When we went, we first came, we came into Texas in 2009, and we were part of staff at LifeHouse. Mm-hmm. And Ta, uh, Jason and Jessica's life group came oh, cool. to do work at LifeHouse. Mm-hmm. And they invited Dean and I to their life group. And what is LifeHouse? Oh, LifeHouse is a uh, Christ- Christian crisis pregnancy maternity home. Oh, well, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so they really were the first people that we got to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I because we know you guys, we know that y'all have been involved with Life's Group, just like you said, for a, a long time. But um, I know Life Groups, because we're dealing with people and we're sinful, sometimes that can be messy and it can be hard. So what has made you guys like stick with groups for so long? Why is it so important to you? Yeah, like you said, it, it can be messy, but at the end of the day, you know, for people who get together in a Christ-centered way, mm-hmm. you can see through the mess, right? Mm-hmm. And and there's so much fulfilling in getting to know people intimately where you have accountability, you have laughter, you have fun. 
Yeah, when things come up that are challenging, it, you know, it's often easy to recognize you know, what's what's human fallibility versus uh, more, you know, of a spiritual nature, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, the relationships you build allow you to get through that. It's kind of like your family, right? Mm-hmm. It, you know, there, there's nothing clean and simple about a family. It is messy, but it's loving and it's your family. And the same thing with, with a group. Uh, you, you get to, to go through the laughter and the tears. I know we, you know, everyone has their struggles. We've had our own, and, and having people in our corner, and especially not being from Texas, right? Um, we don't have our family right here to, to support us in immediate ways. Right? They come down when we need them to, but having a local family of friends uh, that are here that, that can provide in that way just has been really beneficial for us. I think that's awesome that it can be your family, that life groups can, it can be your set of friends, but if you let it and you pour into it, it can be that extra set of um, friends and family for you and like influential people in your kid's life that you get to do life together with. So I think that's really, really cool. Even though there is some brokenness with groups, there's so much beauty in getting to do life together. How have you guys seen life groups change for you? You started off not having kids. So yeah, when we started life groups, we were the young marrieds, which we were really young married at then, beginning 20s, and our whole group, nobody had kids. So we had so much freedom. We had lots of time to go out and have fellowship and hang out late at night and do all those things. Um, And then everybody started having kids and getting older. And then we moved to life group that there was a lot of distractions in the home because we'd have 10 to 15 kids in the home while trying to meet Jesus at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a very different season of trying to incorporate fellowship and encountering Jesus with having 15 kids in the background. Um, And now we're in a different season where we're older marrieds with older kids, and now we have no children in the house that need childcare, and so we're able to have a really focused um, life group, and we're able to dig a little bit deeper with a whole lot less distraction. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's changed seasonally, but in terms of the fellowship, encountering Jesus, and serving, and praying, and accountability, that stayed the same throughout all the years. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. I like to maybe go back for a minute and talk about when your kids were younger, and you had 15, and they're allowed, because I know a lot of life groups um, are there. A lot of moms and dads are there in the middle of that, and it's hard, and it's hard to feel like they're even getting anywhere, that the mm-hmm. discipleship part of life groups is there, that they can actually have that. How did you guys find that balance to it or the what was your solutions to some of those issues? Any suggestions or ideas to give to people? Every group's got to figure it out for themselves, right? It, it, there's no one solution that fits all. And, and honestly, we changed what we did year after year for a number of years, right, for, for a time period. You know, we just had the kids with us and tried to work through it that way. Uh, other times we would split in half where men um, met in one place and women met in the other and we'd alternate who would watch the kids. Sometimes we, we hired sitters. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes we just alternated weeks and, and men would meet and women would meet. And um, So the other spouse would stay home with the kids and the other, mm-hmm. oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay periodically uh-huh. so we've tried it all and you know there, there's pros and cons to each each right. thing right you know yeah. when um, and and you know each group's got to figure out what's working for them at that time yeah 
Yeah, I wouldn't say there's a perfect system. It's messy um, and it's loud. Well, kids are messy and loud, but so it kind of it's leads yeah. lens to that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> one thing I think we liked is when we were doing like once a month, we would do a family mm. uh, meeting for life group. And so that meant all the kids were welcome. We would do a serving project. Um, and there was a way to incorporate the kids. Oh, and then we that. also tried to do um, like an adult date night mm-hmm. where everybody got a sitter and only the adults met. And so that kind of gave us a little bit of a balance, I think. Yeah. And I think that's important because in this session of our podcast, we're talking about finding freedom. And I think helping people really get there in their walk with God and find freedom and wholeness really starts with discipleship. And if you're so distracted with what's going on, I think it's hard to kind of get there with people. Yeah, and we experience that ourselves, right? And, and actually for the last couple of years now, we have met with without childcare, right? Like at the group, right? Mm-hmm. We, we meet as adults only. And it's because, and I'm not suggesting everyone needs to do this, but for us personally, it was such a struggle to, to have that meaningful, uh, in-depth conversation and, and relationship building on life group night because it was so distracting with kids or we're split in half. Mm-hmm. And we don't get to even meet spouses because we're just meeting separately. Right. And, and so, you know, we've chosen to go the other way and not do it. And, and that's been really good for us. Uh, but, but it's something we struggled with for a really long time because it's hard to pay for childcare week after week after week, mm-hmm. right? It's a significant expense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's just, it's a difficult situation. You got to figure out what, what you need. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate all those different tips and suggestions because that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. Our kids are multiplying really fast in our group. We were the young marrieds, no kids, and now we've got all the kids. So <laughs> we're still learning what that looks like. But it's good to know that there's different options and there's a light at the end of the tunnel where yeah. one day we can have group as adults again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's really neat right now. Right? Our kids are 10, and uh, right, so they they're getting to see us with group. And, and even though, you know, they kind of go do their play thing while we're having group, when we go serve, because we're able to set things up in a way that we can, you know, set up for the group to go to serve opportunities and, and, and get into some of these deep conversations, they start, they're starting to participate in that, mm-hmm. right? And, and it's, really, it's really fun seeing them grow because we're able to as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's such power in consistency with group of your kids faithfully seeing you guys be apart and serving even though they're not quite on that same level but I think even as adults there's a level of consistency that whenever you're able to bring something to group because you're not always the host or the leader but you can bring yourself and you can come prepared to listen and be a part of the conversation I think that it really helps don't you yeah I think it helps too with the um, when people have ownership in a life group whether it's I'm going to bring snack, or I'm going to do prayer, or I'm going to pick the worship song. Something that helps them have buy-in mm-hmm. to it, and that they know that they're a vital part of it. And then if I'm just going to come and sit in the corner, it's not important for me to come or not. Mm-hmm. Jessica, what kind of roles have you guys had with life groups? All of them. <laughs> so my spiritual gift is administration, so that's something that comes very easily and naturally to me. Um, but through the seasons, we've learned how to give some of those things up, and that includes anything from snack to picking the worship song to taking attendance for us to praying. Every now and then we have people that are teaching lessons, which gives us a break. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say 99% of the time we host 
and I would say 80% of the time we lead, but that's also something that Jason and I really enjoy doing, and we feel like that's a way for us to contribute and serve. Right. That's awesome. And at the same time, right, everything, there's seasons as well, right? Because mm -hmm. I remember a season where, you know, we felt like we were ready to go start a new group and lead it, and we weren't, right? And, you know, there, there was a somewhat of a feeling of, of isolation at that time, you know, just because, you know, meeting new people, trying to get a new thing going. We weren't at a spiritual maturity point that we were really ready for it. We need to go spend a season just participating in a group, mm -hmm. right? Just to, to kind of invest in ourselves before we were truly ready, ready to go to kind of go kick off something new. So that, that exists as well. And I really want to thank you for bringing those points out because I think a lot of people are there and they don't know where to start or if they're ready to lead or, and, mm -hmm. or give themselves permission to take a step back for a minute and invest in themselves. And so thank you for bringing that up because I think it's important um, for, for people to hear that. Yeah. That it's an okay thing. Yeah, there's a season for everything, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I, um, I know for me, life groups, I, we were leading and, and now we're kind of, we're leading, but we're also more a participant, which is kind of nice where we're at because we're, we have older people in our, <laughs> in our group. But um, how have you found with your groups, because we want to also kind of um, in tandem talk about discipleship. Because I know discipleship is also very something close to your heart. And I wanted to kind of touch on how can we, in life groups, bring discipleship about or um, maybe first start with your own life. How have you seen life groups develop discipleship in your life? So discipleship looks differently in a lot of ways, depending on your season and what your life group looks like. Uh, discipleship looks to me um, just loving everybody in your group, loving them where they're at, meeting them where they're at, encouraging them, praying for them, serving alongside of them. Um, it also is when there's a need that arises in the life group that you all take care of each other and you come around each other. Um, I think before I used to think that I was maybe inadequate or not enough to be a leader. And recently, God has really impacted on us um, through Scripture that we have the power and the authority. And that is what Jesus gives us. And so it isn't anything on me, and I am inadequate as myself, but it's Jesus that gives us the power and authority. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you're leaning into that, discipleship comes naturally. Um, because you're leaning into Jesus and figuring out, like, what do I do to show them Jesus? And that looks different for each person in the room. Yeah, that's a big deal, right? Like, and that's where, you know, what I was just talking about with spiritual maturity is so important because when when you're leading because you're filled with the Holy Spirit and, and you're doing what the Spirit's leading you to do, there's going to be a different outcome than if you're just leading just because you feel like you need to or, mm -hmm. or, or whatever reason you have. And, you know, to me, being a, dis a disciple or discipleship is about following Jesus, following what he said, and you know one dangerous thing in, in life group is it's easy to build a group of, of friends right and mm -hmm. and just have it be a social interaction it's very comfortable it's very easy to do but it's also easy then to to not actually be a disciple or or to disciple others so to finding that way to to really like you said root yourself in scripture you know bring the, the power and authority jesus gave and and when you you truly get into it 
people are drawn to the spirit and mm-hmm. and your conversations end up with a lot more depth and mm-hmm. a lot more um, you know forward thinking and, and and just searching for the spirit and, and you know bringing the, bringing him into the picture mm-hmm. in a way that's just more fulfilling that's so good that's so well said I know when um, our group first started, we were talking about like core values of our group, like what do we want our group to look like? And I was like, well, I really want our group to study the Bible. And um, they were like, well, duh. I was like, well, I don't think so. Some people just want to meet and hang out. If we're spending time together and I'm investing this, I really want to dig into God's word because mm. otherwise this is just social and I don't need another social thing this <laughs> week. <laughs> I really need some truth in my life. Yes. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. yeah. And what's really neat about it is kind of like you, you know, you brought up earlier about us meeting at Lifehouse, right? The you can have fantastic social interactions with people through service and oh, yeah. through biblical discussions, right? Mm-hmm. You actually build a deeper relationship than you do yeah. if if it's more just a superficial hanging out. Yeah. And and so it, it doesn't have to be one or the other. It's really both, and mm-hmm. it's just what is the common ground at which we're together with. And we've been blessed with fantastic groups where people have had a genuine interest and in, and in wanting to uh, you know be closer to God. And I feel like you you brought up a good point that I kind of want to go back to again, is that being a disciple is simply being a Jesus follower. That I think sometimes discipleship or being a disciple can be kind of a churchy word. Mm-hmm. And not everyone has the same understanding or know the meaning of that. But I think if you just break it down to a simplest form, you know, Jesus said, follow me and learn of me. And we're just, and that's what we're doing. You know, yeah. we're following, we're Jesus followers. Yeah, it's just what Jessica said. Of, I'm gonna love people well. I'm gonna yeah. try and meet the needs that I can meet. And I just heard you say, "Be the hands and feet of Jesus." Mm. Um, I think that's so good. Okay, so I wanted to ask you guys, what does life group look like for you? I know it could be different for different stages of life, like we've talked about, or different seasons. But what does it look like for you guys personally? So, life group for us, I think, looks like uh, meeting with friends and Christ followers or people that are seeking Christ um, and that we can fellowship together, we can meet together, and we can um, just try to encounter God during that time. Mm-hmm. But it also looks a lot like laughter and it looks like crying with each other and it looks like when you find a need inside your life group or you find a need in your community, you figure out how to meet that need. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I was to explain life group in a Bible verse. Um, it would be God instructing us to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And I think that's one of our missions in life group is to how do we accomplish that? And then the second commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. So how do we move outside of ourselves and how do we serve together and how do we love on one another and love on those in the community? Um, and that could be something as simple as to calling somebody up and saying, hi, how did this go for you or meeting someone for lunch and kind of meeting with them one-on-one and um, having that accountability and that trust and that friendship Mm -hmm. Uh, but it also looks a lot uh, one thing that we're doing in our life group now is we meet together men and women and then we split up maybe the last half hour men separate and women separate Mm -hmm. and it allows us to really be real with each other and vulnerable and share things that we might not be able to share with Mm -hmm. all of the men in the group or all the women in the group and we really value that because it allows us to 
really get to know each other better and to really have depth in our relationships. That's so good. Yeah. yeah, my group does that too, where we get to have time. We like to eat together, and then we'll have guy and girl time, and then we come back together and study God's Word. But it really gives that opportunity for you to have that deeper, uh, fun conversation, that deeper conversation, mm-hmm. and then that, like, okay, let's dig into the Word conversation. But I, I think you said that just so beautifully, Jess. And I know at Crosspoint, what we say for our groups is there's lots of different kinds of groups, mm-hmm. but we always encourage you to have your... We call it ESPN. So share an encouragement. Like, what is God doing in your life? Share some scripture. Um, and then we want to pray over each other. Like, pray for any needs that we might have. And then encourage them to take any next steps. So maybe it's coming back to group. Or maybe it's, you know, taking a step of obedience and baptism. Or whatever that may be. If you have a men's group who just meets for coffee, you can still do those four things. Or if you have a mom's play group, you can still do those four things. Or if you have a group where you're dedicated to studying the Bible, you can definitely do those four things. So I love that it can be adaptable to your different seasons of life and just different stages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one thing good. we always come back to is, you know, the last time we decided, hey, we're going to kind of be leaders again and, and dive into this, we spent time looking at, well, what did the apostles do after after Christ resurrected and, mm-hmm. and, and left uh, the earth? You know, they're now left to build his kingdom here on, mm-hmm. on earth. And, and how did that look, what did that look like? And when you look at the, the last section of Acts chapter 2, you know, it describes what the first churches, you know, looked like. And it and looked like a group of people coming together. And first and foremost, along the lines of what you just said, they're praying together. They're in scripture, right? They spend every day uh, in the temple courts, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a combination of uh, worshiping, but but also engaging with people that need to hear the message. Uh, they, but on top of that, they also they fellowshiped, right? Mm-hmm. They broke bread together, and they they gave up their possessions, so they sacrificed for each other, uh, and they served the community. They gave away what they had, right? So if you have all of those elements. Scripturally, this is how the church started. This mm-hmm. is the people who learned from Jesus directly. Mm-hmm. It has to be good, right? Yeah. yeah. We've had friends before who, just due to their schedules, weren't able to come to church on like a regular Sunday all of the time. But they were able to make it to life group. And so that really was their church. Um, that's Or that's what they made their church because that's what they could commit to is coming to that regularly. Um, so it's pretty cool. That's good. Look how like Tom talked about on Sunday, right? What is the church, mm-hmm. right? There's the, the global church, the, the big C church, and then you got the local church, the little C church. And, and life groups is an extension of the local church, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You know, just like the apostles met in people's homes because they didn't have church buildings. Mm-hmm. The, the church building is great, and we should meet here and collectively worship, but that's not the only thing there is, right? We can, we can achieve, you know, fellowship and, and worship in our homes and and with each other, with other believers. You're going to have some good conversations in church, but you're going to have great conversations in a life group. People are going to know you, you're going to know people, and you're going to be able to have that person in your life that's going to say, you know, I'm kind of seeing something right now, or <laughs> yeah. something's going on, what's, what's happening in your life? And think, that only comes from relationship. I think it was Chris Hodges who said, like, because... Heaven and hell are realities. We have to expand the kingdom. And so that means our church is going to get bigger, but that means it also has to grow smaller. Paraphrasing. But um, he was saying you have to have that 
small tight-knit community that can pour into you and then be mm-hmm. that accountability but we also have to you know spread it to the ends of the earth yeah. so we need to be able to be the big C church together so that the yeah. the message of Jesus can be heard and I, I think it's important too that you guys talk, talked about it a few times um, about bringing your kids into it and mm-hmm. teaching them to serve and teaching them the importance of having people in their life and um, I don't think our kids are supposed to be left out of that yeah what does it look like for y'all's families to serve? Yeah. So we have the power couple in our life group, the Severs. <laughs> and um, so we're connected with the Homeless Serve and the Foster Community Services. So as a group, we can serve on the Friday nights for the Serves. We can serve downtown for the Homeless Serves. We can serve in the foster closet. We can do meals together, and the kids help us with the meals. Um, we've done with the young kids make homeless bags, and we all hand those out, um, and we keep them in our car. And one unique thing, and maybe it's not, hopefully it's not unique, but uh, it is, you know, we are blessed to have uh, a number of different people in our group that are, are members of different churches. Mm-hmm. And, and that's brought in some, some different opportunities where some of the people have service opportunities at other local churches mm-hmm. uh, and, and some uh, ministry opportunities that have, we've actually connected, right? The homeless ministry connected with a ministry called His Print uh, that collects, uh, you, you know, use sporting equipment and distributes it. And there's, there's been things we've been able to, to repurpose for the homeless ministry. Oh, that's cool. And, and so just, just yeah. making this a priority for the group that we're going to serve, we're going to yeah. find ways to do it. We just share it with each other and, and go help whenever we can. Yeah. I love when we can equip the Big C Church. And when I say, me, the Big C Church, I mean, I mean, what am I, what do I mean, Jody? You mean different churches? Yes. All around? No yes. matter the denomination? Exactly. Thank you. I lost my words. But That's fine. the Big C Church is when all of us can unite for the, the one common purpose of... Yeah, following Jesus. And to follow Jesus. And yeah. we all have... I think Tom said something about our jerseys that we have. Like we don't want to have jerseys that are just crosspoint jerseys. They're, we all have the same one. It's all we're all for the kingdom. We're all for spreading the kingdom. So whenever we can be in support and unison with each other, I think it's just such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. Was is there anything else we don't want to cut you off? Was there anything else you guys felt like you needed to share about any of those topics? I think if there's one thing that has deepened our faith since moving here in Texas is having a life group and mm-hmm. being consistently involved in a life group. It's something mm-hmm. that happens every week. You see face-to-face people. You know, in church you can almost go and hide mm-hmm. and just listen to the message and go home. When you're with life group, you are real and you have friends that are holding you accountable and they don't let you fall. And I think in a church setting, you can have something going on in your life and maybe other people don't know about it. But in a life group, people know what's going on in your life. And I think we've really found it to be a family. And we've been able to grow in our family and our family's changed over the seasons and it's been great. Um, But I think that life group has really been paramount for us. That's great, that's very, very well said. Thank you. So if someone is not in a group and they're wanting to join a group, but they're nervous, what would be your encouragement to them? So just try it. Just do it. What's yeah. the worst that can happen? Knock on their door for dinner. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I you know, I think 
most groups have an open chair policy, right? It, you know, yeah. anyone's welcome. They're gonna welcome you in, and if it's not a good fit, there's other groups. Give it a try. It doesn't hurt. Worst thing that happens is you get to meet some people. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. I know. Um, for my husband and I, we're a little more introverted, so we visited Cross Point for a while, and we really enjoyed it. But we, it felt so big. It was the biggest church we'd ever been to, and we just didn't feel connected. And so. Um, we had some friends move to town and they said hey do you have a church that you like and we were like well we really like cross point we had actually started visiting other churches because we didn't feel connected and they were like oh okay we'll check it out and they went without us and they went to a life group the same week that they visited (laughs) and then we all met together that next sunday and um they said hey do you want to come to lunch with our friends and i was like Y'all have friends already (laughs) and they said well yeah we went to life group do you want to meet them i was like yeah (laughs) and then we went to group and we became members but i mean we seriously visited for months because we just didn't feel connected we didn't have that piece but we really just needed that relational accountability and friendship to feel connected so it's crazy how long it took us to get there but i'm really thankful for those friends that were a little bit more bold than we were (laughs) i really want to thank you guys for sharing your hearts for Mm -hmm. life group and discipleship and bringing it kind of full circle for people who maybe are just starting out, but also maybe are a little tired of it. I know sometimes life group causes pain, but I think it could also bring great healing Mm -hmm. to our life and freedom to our life. And when we allow people in on the vulnerable, hard parts that we know we're not alone, and I think that's really important for people to hear that. Mm -hmm. Um, especially coming out of what we've just come out of in the dumpster fire of the world and our life the last couple of years not being connected with people I think has really um, helped a spiral of mental and emotional strain on people and I think life groups and discipleship through that could be a real tool um, to help us Mm -hmm. grow and continue to grow and maybe heal in some areas so yeah, and you know, I mentioned this earlier that uh, you know there was a season where we had to go participate rather than lead, right? Because that's what we need. We needed to be fed, and we needed to to have some connection in a, in a different way that wasn't taxing on us. And and this week we were reading uh, some scripture. Right, we're, as our group right now, we're studying First John, which is a letter from uh, the Apostle John, encouraging a church to deal with. Uh, issues that they were experienced at the time. And then we also read the book of uh, Philemon, which is a letter from uh, Paul and Timothy to uh, a church leader named Philemon. And, and in the first seven verses of Philemon, you know, he, while the rest of the book is, is more about him addressing you know, freedom of a, of a slave that he has and, and him becoming a believer, the first section is addressing Philemon. And, and, and I took away a couple things from it, and it was similar to John and First John encouraging the church in their belief. Uh, he's encouraging Philemon, saying, thank you for being a leader of your church. Thank you for enriching the hearts of your people. But he's also saying, I pray that through your teaching, your faith will be deepened. Mm-hmm. And that's so true, right? And that's what we found when we actually approach leadership in a way that is, hey, we're trying we're actually trying to enrich ourselves as much as we are the group right we're in it to learn we're in it to do this and, and not to achieve some other purpose our faith is deepened through that yeah. 
Um, so how you approach it, like you said, right. it matters. Yeah. And um, you see that through the Old Testament letters of them encouraging each other because it can be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Life is hard and we need each other. Well, thank you guys so thank much. You. So we really thank you for having us. Well, we did save the hardest questions for last. Like the hardest. And you don't have those in your notes. We didn't send them to you, Jess. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. If you could um, pick one. Pick one for Let's us. Let's be real. Really hard, hard questions for you to answer. Say the question out loud. Paperback book or ebook audiobook? Mm. Ah. All right. So I'm definitely going to have to go with both. Both? It depends okay. where I'm at. So I have a really hard time listening to an audiobook, but I really like Hoopla on um, my phone. So if I'm at work, I don't actually have to have the book with me. I just have it on my phone, but I can't listen to it. I have to read it. Mm-hmm. So paperback book, I like to hold it. I need to read it. That's the distinguishing factor. Okay. I'm not a very good listener in terms of being able to stay focused. What about you, Jason? Hands down audiobook, right? <laughs> um, the worst thing about... Uh, my job is an hour commute, but the best oh. thing is an hour commute, right? Uh, I get to listen to a lot of different sermons, podcasts, and things that huh. are enriching. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's what I found over this past year. Is I was like, I'm not really a reader, but I discovered okay. Well, when I'm folding laundry with my toddler, I can definitely listen to an audio book, and it's been so fun. I'm a book person. Mm. Give me a book. Let me smell the pages and yeah. make notes and do whatever I need to do on it. Okay, and I'll Big say cup that. Of tea. And I'll say this, right? That's the one thing I love about the, the group is when you know we have a, like the guys have a, a text group, right? And and when someone sends out something that's you know really they found really interesting to listen to, mm-hmm. that's what I'll throw on the next community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people challenging me to learn new things. Uh, that Dean does that. He's an perfect. audio guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's gone through so many audiobooks. Oh, so many. I know. <laughs> okay, let's be real, Jason. Read it out loud. Hot coffee or iced coffee? Mm. I don't think I've ever had an iced coffee. So, coffee, I well, guess. Well, let's say I had hot coffee yeah. then, yeah. You've never had iced coffee? No. I'm not really even sure why it exists. What about you, Jess? Definitely hot coffee with a lot of cream and a lot of sugar. Okay. And hot chocolate. Mm. But... You're more of a tea person than coffee, right, Judy? I am more of a tea person, but if I have coffee, it has to be buried in hot chocolate. Oh, okay. Like, a lot of hot chocolate, <laughs> a little bit of coffee. Uh-huh. <laughs> I hear you. I really like iced coffee. I mean, I'll take some hot coffee, but I'm not a big coffee drinker. Okay, Jody, one oh, more question? Turn. All right, here we go. Let's be real, people. Tacos or wings? Oh, <laughs> tacos, baby. <laughs> All the way for me, tacos. I say tacos. I'm going to say yes. I like tacos <laughs> and wings. I like Why the sides that come I like tacos. <laughs> that sounds wrong. Yeah, tacos are way more versatile. You know, breakfast tacos, dinner tacos, tacos. lunch tacos. How practical. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. We loved having you on. Wasn't that a great conversation? Anna, what was the one thing that stuck out to you? I mean, I don't think I'll ever forget poor Jason and Jessica who showed up <laughs> to the host home and it was a night where they weren't meeting Yeah, and they still welcome them in. Like that is so amazing. Yeah, I love, I love that. I love that they were still welcome and they still felt comfortable to come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciated all of their um, pointers and things that they learned along the way mm-hmm. of 
helpful hints for life groups. Yeah, that was great. And if you liked this episode, you should share it with a friend. You can rate and review us. Or we would love for you to come visit us on a Sunday here in Pearland, Texas at Cross Point Church or online anytime. You can find the website to Cross Point in our show notes. We would love for you to check it out. But wait, we have a special treat today. We are so excited that Jessica and J- Jason's twins joined us at the very end of our conversation. And you're going to love hearing them. So stick around and we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. What's your name and what what is Life Group? My name is Aubrey Thomas. And I think Life Group is where a bunch of people connect together and tell them how they feel and what they think about what is right about God. And they tell people in the group about God and they spread the word. Wow, that's cool. What about you, Speedy? I would say your name and what you think. My name is Avery Thomas and I think Life Group is like connecting with other people and sharing about God and you've got to spread the word of the gospel and you're just trying to dig deeper yeah. in the Bible and just connect with other people. That's really cool. Tell me, um, I know for your mom and your dad, they love to serve and I know you guys have gone on service, serving things with them. What what has been really great about going and serving? Um, it really helps you see what else is happening out there and how you can help it. Really? I, I love serving, so like you're just getting to like connect with God and you get to help others. And yeah. God can tell you to do different things. That's really cool. What has been your favorite service thing so far? Um, <laughs> probably the fostering and the homeless. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I like the homeless service too. Yeah. What do you usually do when you're there? So basically, um, we hand out sandwiches and um, we hand out like clothes and we do like a worship thing. And one time we did like Thanksgiving. Oh. And last time we served hot cocoa and coffee. So it's different every time. Mm-hmm. Are you ever afraid when you go there? Not usually. No. That's really good. How would you encourage um, maybe some moms and dads or kids that haven't maybe stepped out to serve? What would you say to them? Um, I would tell them it's a really fun opportunity and they can see how it feels to like help and learn about God. Very cool. And you want to add anything to that? They, you could tell them, like, do you want to serve with me? And then they could, like, see what it's like, and it's just fun. <laughs> yeah, you can invite them. That's a really great thing to do. Yeah. Well, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your input with us today.